0: Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand
1: for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream.
2: AT&T. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
0: Hello and welcome to Savor. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Bokelbaum. And today we're talking about candy corn.
1: We are. We really missed an opportunity to do a scary, like, pun name. Oh, well. Yes, we're talking about <laughs> candy corn, <laughs> which I guess if you're listening to this today, it comes out. Perhaps you're in your
0: post Halloween haze. Uh huh. Maybe you still have some little packets of candy corn sitting around.
1: Yes. And maybe you're really excited about that, or maybe. You are very not excited about that.
0: Because people tend to fall into one of those two camps. Yes. It's a polarizing candy.
1: It is extremely polarizing. I would say one of the most divisive of the candies. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think the circus peanut is the worst. Oh, heck. Okay.
0: Mm hmm. All right. That's but a whole that other episode. Just tastes like styrofoam. Um, Banana flavored styrofoam. Does it have banana flavor? Yeah, usually.
1: Hmm. Well, time called candy corn the most polarizing candy of them all. NetBase's Brand Passion Index found them to be the most traditional candy of Halloween, least loved by consumers. <laughs> one that generated, quote, the most negative feelings. In the words of Lewis Black, candy corn is the only candy in the history of America that's never been advertised. And there's a reason. All of the candy corn that was ever made was made in 1911. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Or you have this from Chow Hound. Quote, I think only serial killers eat candy corn, and why a person would choose candy corn over literally any other candy that's on sale at Walgreens is beyond me.
0: Okay. Or
1: (laughs) how about this headline from Atlas Obscura? Quote, a cloying kernel of evil, the history of candy corn. Or this nickname... Satan's earwax. Or this claim, the leftover crumbs in Guy Fieri's goatee would taste better than candy corn.
0: Oh, snap. Yeah. That's an image. That took me to a place.
1: (laughs) It, It does. It really paints a picture. Apparently, there was a cartoon character named Moose A. Moose on a past Nick Jr. show, Moose and Z, that was known for, among other things, his Halloween song called, I Don't Like Candy Corn. But me, personally, I'm actually kind of ambivalent about it. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. very measured
0: of you. It's fine. Yeah.
1: When I was a kid, it was definitely low-tier candy, but, you know, it's candy.
0: It Right. It's still made of sugar. How about you? I like candy corn. I sort of like the texture and just the sort of, like, nice mellow flavor to it. And, I mean, but I only ever want to eat, like, six pieces of it a year. <laughs> and it definitely does not come in bags of six pieces. Right. And so... I don't know, like once every couple of years, I like let myself buy some. Mm-hmm. And then I have about six pieces that I'm like, okay, <laughs> done here. And then just slowly go stale yes. in my cupboard.
1: That sounds like a, a sad short story. That's a metaphor for something else, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure what. I'm going to ponder on that later. Uh, what's your least favorite candy?
0: Oh, goodness. I guess Smarties. Yeah. Like I don't really understand why they exist. Yeah, I did read that a lot of people who like candy corn like Smarties. Really? Yeah, I think it's a, the texture is similar. It's not similar at all. Well, some people think it is. It's definitely not.
1: <laughs> Lauren is very sure about this.
0: If candy corn, I'm talking about like the, the, the powdery, chalky. The, the chalky Smarties, not the like chewy candies. Mm. The chewy candies are just fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the chalky ones are like, why did you press sugar into this format? <laughs> like, why would you do this? Explain to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I demand answers.
1: <laughs> well, you know where to reach us, folks, if you need to. I bet this gets the most angry mail <laughs> oh, of goodness. any episode we've ever done. Uh, Lauren likes candy corn?
0: <laughs> Side note, the day before Halloween, October 30th, is Candy Corn Day. National Candy Corn Day here in the United States. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm. But this brings us to our question. Candy corn. What is it?
0: Well... Candy corn is what's called a mallow cream or mellow cream or mallow cream candy. It's made from a few different kinds of sugar and is flavored with a little bit of vanilla to taste sort of like marshmallows. Um, But the texture is smooth and creamy, like a less chewy caramel or or like room temperature chewy ice cream, Uh, like solid frosting, like smoother marzipan.
1: I feel like you're trying to pitch me an idea and my face is like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm, The ideas are growing
0: increasingly frantic. Annie is not buying this plan. Um, (laughs) uh, They usually have a shiny glaze and they are super sweet. Like I would say that the main flavor profile is sweet. Mm -hmm. And candy corn in particular is shaped like kernels of corn and is typically tricolored white, orange, and yellow. One of the sugars used... To make it is corn syrup, so yes, there is some corn in candy corn, technically.
1: <laughs> we should call this in defense of candy corn. <laughs> Man, I can't stop. What video game is it that has the character named Mallow?
0: Oh, goodness, I'm not sure.
1: Well, listeners, right in because now I'm consumed with this one thought. <laughs> what game was that? And he looked like a big marshmallow now that I look back on it. Anyway.
0: You have a whole Google
1: a whole Google just for me. Uh-huh. Well, another thing for me to do later. But for now, let's talk about how candy corn is made.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. Okay, um, the process can go a couple of ways, but basically you start by heating up a blend of table sugar and uh, corn syrup, and then whisking in some more sugar and some gelatin and whipping that to create like a sort of stiff fluff, like a meringue almost. Fondant is then added to increase the density of the fluff, and then you separate it out into different batches for coloring. It is a molded candy, and the molds can be made either by packing cornstarch into frames and then stamping the kernel shape into the cornstarch. Or you can get a plastic mold and coat it with a fine layer of cornstarch. But either way, you've got these molds, and the, the kernels in the molds are tipped down. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And so then pumps inject the batter into the molds layer by layer, starting with the white tip and then the orange center and then the yellow top or bottom. Is the I mean, however you want to look at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's your
0: worldview. Oh. Are you bottom-up? <laughs> This got real deep. It did. But yeah, so once they are in the molds, the candies are left to cure in those molds for a day or two. And when they are hardened, they are kind of shaken out of the molds and then uh, coated with a shiny wax and packaged. The whole process takes three or four days. And fondant, I mentioned, is one of the ingredients. It's this uh, pliable, sculptable sort of sugar dough, if you've never heard of it. It's made from powdered sugar, corn syrup, and water, and maybe other stuff like gelatin or melted marshmallows. And if you've ever seen one of those fancy, smooth-sided cakes on TV or, like, at a catered event, it's probably decorated with fondant. So, yeah, one of the ingredients in candy corn is more other candy. (laughs) Different other candy. Sure.
1: I thought fondant for a while was pronounced fondue, and then it was just a, you know, (laughs) Like a weird spelling? Yeah, and I thought it was melted chocolate, like fondue.
0: Oh, yeah, that's not what it is. I know. You can make a chocolate fondant, but— It's one of those
1: things. I'm not sure why I ever thought that, but my brain was trying to make a connection. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) That's what that is. Simplify. Mm -hmm. No. No. Mm -hmm.
0: And all those different types of sugar are used because sucrose, a.k.a. table sugar, really likes to be— in crystal form, like big, chunky crystal form. It's molecules just, like, stacking up together like that. To convince it to have a fine, smooth texture like you want for confections like candy corn, you have to kind of trick sucrose into not chunking up. And corn syrup is a good stabilizer for this because it contains available glucose. And glucose molecules are a little bit smaller, and they sort of, like, bust up in between the sucrose molecules and, like, interfere with the crystallization process. So, yeah. Mm Mm-mm. (laughs) (laughs) Annie disapproves of all of this Mm -hmm. and I would argue that this texture is the primary part of candy corn that people who like it or dislike it are thinking about because the flavor is really mild it's just like a little bit of vanilla maybe a tiny bit of like honey kind of flavor in there a little bit of like burnt sugar kind of flavor but a representative from Jelly Belly told Thrillist that the flavor is quote a blend of creamy fondant rich marshmallow, and warm vanilla notes. Those warm vanilla notes. Oh, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Like a wonderful (laughs)
0: jazz (laughs) (laughs)
1: symphony show. That is an interesting point, though, because a lot of the complaints I read about candy corn were texture-based. And for most of my friends, a lot of times when they don't like a food, it is texture-related. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing. I don't think I have a food where the texture is the main thing. That turns me off or onto it. I don't know.
0: I love the texture of some foods. That's why I like, uh, I guess, like bread and pasta and like gummies Mm. so much. Mm -hmm. But yeah. The same batter for candy corn is used to make other shapes sometimes, like wee little pumpkins. And some people love them. In 2016, Bon Appetit ran an article with the headline, The Best Candy is Mellow Cream Pumpkins Because This Isn't Even a Contest. (laughs) Didn't Bon Appetit once say it was the worst candy, too? Oh, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Bon <Appetit. laughs> So how does one eat candy corn? There are actually instructions about how to do this. There is a poll. <laughs> 43% of us go top-down, nibbling at the narrow end first, like how most people, not me, eat a piece of pizza. About 47% eat them whole. And the rest go from the bottom of the triangle up, which is how I eat my pizza.
0: Mm-hmm. For the record, there's no difference flavor wise between the three sections. I mean, I guess you're getting like the highest concentration of glaze when you eat the white tip and, and the, the highest concentration of mallow cream when you eat the wide yellow end. But yeah, they're not different flavors.
1: Yeah. And another searing essay I wrote <laughs> on candy corn.
0: Wrote or read? <laughs> oh,
1: wrote. Red, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have not written a searing essay on candy corn yet. yet. One of the writer's complaints was, as a kid, he expected oh. the layers to have a different flavor, saw the three colors. Yeah. And he felt didn't. lied to. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Betrayed.
0: If you want to be upset about something, I recommend Googling candy corn on the cob because there are photographs of this out there, and it's. I was upset personally. Mm. Um, you can create, like, a decorative... Corn cob using candy corn kernels stuck into the base of, like, stiff modeling fondant or, like, cookie dough, something like that. I was mad at it. I don't know why. I got so angry. But I was like, this is unnatural, and I disapprove. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> That's it, humanity. You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> but what about that? <laughs> that pumpkin keg
1: I showed you? Where the It was a pumpkin cooler, and the people had just oh, that's great. stuck the, the necks of beer <laughs> into a pumpkin. I mean, it's also upsetting at a certain point, but like... It's one of my favorite images I've just randomly stumbled upon. For some reason, I was picturing when you mentioned you said candy corn on the cob, the kernels pointing out, like pinhead almost.
0: Oh, that's also a little bit upsetting, but it in a different way. was upsetting,
1: but it doesn't make sense. I mean, it, the whole thing doesn't make sense, but, you know, what also doesn't make sense is that apparently people deep fry candy corn.
0: Yeah, no, humanity, you can go right to your room.
1: (laughs) 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 We're done here. (laughs) If we're talking about nutrition, I mean, they're mostly sugar. But per piece, they're only about seven calories. I mean, they're candy.
0: Yeah, they're fat-free, but sugar isn't a health food. Nope. Nope, that's probably not news
1: to you. If we look at numbers, as of 2013, nine billion pieces of candy corn are produced a year. That's $35
0: Jelly Belly, which is one of the premier national makers of candy corn, says that they make most of it during July in preparation for the Halloween season. And uh, according to Brock's, they make, which is one of the other leading manufacturers, they make over 2 million pieces per day when their line is like really up and running. Wow. You can get other
1: varieties rather than the classic, the Halloween fall colors. You can get red, white, and green for Christmas. That's reindeer corn. Pink, red, and white for Valentine's Day. Cupid corn. And for a while, candy corn was a popular addition to the Garden
0: of Easter Baskets. Bunny corn. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's also freedom
1: corn for the 4th of July. (laughs) Freedom corn. Freedom corn. Oh my goodness. But most everyone, if they're eating candy corn, they're eating the Halloween slash fall variety. One study from the National Confectioners Association survey found that candy corn was the preferred Halloween candy of only 12% of
0: respondents, which seemed high to me, honestly. But it was number two after chocolate. Yeah. Which was like 70%, so I mean, it's not really a contest, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. By sales data from 2007 to 2017, candy corn was the favorite Halloween candy in seven states—alabama, Idaho, Iowa— Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, and Rhode Island. I don't want to keep hammering this
1: point <laughs> home, but I read so many essays about why people hate candy corn, like passionate essays. And I think it was somebody from Michigan wrote, essentially, um, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, when they <laughs> heard <laughs> that candy corn was their, oh, wow. the state's favorite candy. It just cracked me up. Oh, well,
0: Favorite Halloween candy, we um, should specify. Specific, yes, yeah. yes.
1: Still, but yes, worth noting, not only this, you can get candy corn-flavored bagels. Does that fall in your your realm of
0: acceptable bagels? No. Mm -mm. No. I cussed really loud in my head when I read that, actually. (laughs) I suspected you
1: might. Yeah. You can get candy corn flavored Oreos, candy corn M&Ms, coffee panna cotta and all of the drinks, candy corn cocktail, candy corn beer, candy corn jello shots.
0: A Starburst flavored candy corn, pumpkin spice flavored candy corn.
1: Apparently, opened candy corn can last 6 to 8 months if you store it properly in an airtight container or in the fridge. There you go. Make your candy corn last almost <laughs> all year. <laughs> Well, that's our overview of this most divisive of candies. But how did candy corn get here? We'll look into that after a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
4: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women –
3: Get what you want without the complicated. T Fiber lives like a gigone there. Available wherever you'll get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit com slash hypergig for details.
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Unlike most candies, candy corn is pretty specifically American. According to the Trade Association, candy corn was invented in the way back, the way back in this case being the 1880s, (laughs) courtesy of an employee of the Wonderly Candy Company named George Riniger out of Philadelphia. This was sort of the trend at the time, so-called buttercream candies molded into different shapes. But what really made candy corn stand out from the pack was those three colors, a a real pain in the butt to make at the time. The end product, though, was eye-catching and new. They sold the recipe to another candy maker, one by the name of Gulitz Candy Company. You may know it by another name, the Jelly Belly Candy Company. Mm-hmm. They came out with their own tricolored candy corn in 1898.
0: The Gulitz family had been in the candy business for a few decades, but candy corn and other mellow cream candies, then called buttercreams, were their runaway success.
1: At the time, this candy was made manually. In a decent-sized kettle, candy makers would mix a semi-liquid of sugar, corn syrup, fondant, marshmallow, and water. The resulting slurry was poured into buckets called stringers, and then these dudes called runners would walk in reverse, pouring the mixture into kernel-shaped molds.
0: Each layer was poured in by hand from these stringer buckets on an individual run down the line of molds. So, you know, one for each color. And the buckets were called stringers because they didn't have like a single spout. They had this whole row of spouts or sort of like funnel heads, Mm -hmm. kind of. And so by reaching the stringer out over a row of molds and tipping it just so, you could fill the whole row in a single pour. Ooh, cool. And the molds were made of cornstarch as they are today sometimes. This was an innovation in candy making from around that time. And yeah, instead of using a metal or a wooden mold, which you might need to grease somehow to prevent the candy from sticking, you could press shapes into firm packed cornstarch. And, you know, your candy batter sticks to that a little bit too, but that's actually a good thing because it imparts like a fine layer of cornstarch on the candy that helps it set.
1: Another thing about the time that's important to this is that about half the American workforce were farmers. That meant that a lot of companies targeted them and their families directly with these farm-adjacent shapes.
0: Yeah, other shapes for Mala creams included, yes, pumpkins, but also turnips, chestnuts, and clovers. Although it was only made for a few months out of the year due to the labor-intensive creation process, it was marketed as a year-round treat. The Gulitzes would eventually develop a machine that made hand-pouring the candies obsolete, supposedly after one of the owners woke up in the middle of the night with shooting back pain from having poured candy out of these stringer buckets all day. And he thinks,
1: I've got to put an end to this. Yes, no Um, more. (laughs) In the 1920s, Folks gave candy corn the possibly affectionate name, chicken feed. The manufacturers sold it in a box with a chicken on the front. The motto of the Gulitz candy company's version was, quote, king of the candy corn field (laughs) and something worth crowing for. And I will say it was sort of a a gimmicky candy for children at, like, county fairs. Yeah. Hey, kids, it's like chicken feed. It's like chicken feed. It's fun. lols. Yeah, yeah. Prior to World War I, corn was a food Americans generally eschewed. It was seen as a poor person's food, and the taste wasn't really that great. Animal feed, not human food. But thanks to wartime shortages of wheat, Americans came around to corn. Candy corn, though, that caught on pretty quick.
0: Also, that the sweeter hybrids of corn that we eat fresh today hadn't been developed yet. But yeah, at the time, even like grits and corn flour and stuff like that were looked down upon by some segments of the population. We wouldn't get more dependable hybrids of sweet corn, you know, like the fresh stuff that we eat like a vegetable, until like the 1930s and onward from there. And this
1: just about brings us to Halloween. But first, it brings us to one last quick break for a word from our sponsor.
6: Perfect home, sweet home.
3: Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT and Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. ATT Fiber. Live like a Gaginian. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at hypergig for details.
1: And we're back. Thank you, Spencer. Yes, thank you. So when did candy corn become associated with Halloween, you ask? Well, we hope you ask because we're going to answer. Yep. <laughs> and the answer is sometime in the 1950s. Interestingly, though, an ad that came out in the very same decade declared candy corn a year-long candy. A 1951 grocery store ad read, quote, the candy all children love to nibble on all year long.
0: And there's a 1957 Brock's ad that includes candy corn in a spread of summertime candies.
1: Summertime candies. Yeah. Up until this point, candy corn was sold as a penny candy, a candy targeted towards children that was sold in bulk. Also, up until this point, lots of candy makers were in on the game. A lot of people were making types of candy corn. But nowadays, we have Jelly Belly and Brock's, and that's about it. On a nationwide scale, that's just about it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Ads for candy corn in the 50s, other than that, though, largely went all in on them being a Halloween candy, way more so than other candies, to the point that people started to think it was weird to eat it outside of Halloween times. They succeeded in associating it with Halloween, but then it became all... Just
0: Halloween. Exactly. Basically, yeah. And this was also the era when Halloween became associated with candy in general. Prior to this, trick-or-treating might have net you some homemade baked goods or homemade candies. But post-World War II and post the sugar rations that came with World War II, uh, candy companies started marketing their packaged candies as this, like, cool and convenient handout for trick-or-treaters. And simultaneously, trick-or-treating was really cementing itself as, like, a family tradition in America.
1: Yet another candy corn-related thing that happened in the 50s, candy-related illness – After one particular Halloween, a lot of trick-or-treaters experienced gastrointestinal distress or even rashes and welts. The cause was orange dye number one, and only in large amounts was it causing these issues. It makes me wonder just how much these large amounts. We're
0: talking? Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: It wasn't just candy corn that used orange dye number one. All kinds of things did, from hot dogs to candy pumpkins. Though it had been approved all the way back in 1906,
0: it was actually poisonous. Oops. Yeah, funny. Yeah.
1: It was made of coal tar.
0: Well, it was derived from coal tar. Which isn't aspartame. Again, like, we are all made of chemicals. Things can be derived from a number of petroleum products. And if you have a problem with the use of petroleum products in general, then that's a bad thing, maybe environmentally or, or something like that. But the chemical itself, you know, isn't maintaining some kind of property of coal Or petroleum, it's a chemical. We
1: are all made of chemicals. Every time you say that, it makes me think of the Moby song. We are all made of stars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like my version better. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a really big thing through the 50s and the 60s. And then we started to get the more modern eras of candy making with all the, you know, sour flavors and different weird chocolate treats and all that kind of stuff, and um, the dominance of it through that specific era has led some candy experts to speculate that it's a nostalgia thing for the baby boomer generation who grew up with it being this specific Halloween treat, and that it just confuses the heck out of Gen Xers and millennials who, you know, had more options when we were kids. That makes sense. Yeah. Nostalgia is a powerful thing. It reminds me of this experience I had
1: when I was taking a lift couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It was really late. And my Lyft driver was an older African-American woman. I was clearly, like, out of it, I uh-huh, think. Uh-huh. It was late. And um, <laughs> she says, would you like some candy? And I said, no. And she was like, take some candy. And I was like, oh, I'm okay. She's like, no, 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 no. Take some candy. I take it. And it's a candy I've never seen before, Lauren. I, I, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you what it was. Okay. Um, but it looks like a lifesaver. I believe it was called Apple O.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um
1: I put it in my mouth and it becomes clear that this is a candy that's never going to go away. Oh. And she sort of snickers and she says, "Back in my day, candy was going to last you for months. <laughs> candy these days, that's not the real thing. That's not how candy's supposed to be." <laughs> And then she went into all these stories about how she would take this candy and put it in, like, a Kleenex.
0: Oh, and, like, save it? To come back for
1: later. Yeah, yeah. And she'd teach her her grandkids a lesson because they would come and try to steal her candy. And she'd be like, well, joke's on you, kid, because that was in my mouth (laughs) 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 earlier. It was quite the memorable lift ride. Oh,
0: that's great, though. It was.
1: It was. I thought I appreciated the whole thing. As we record this. Halloween has not happened yet, and as I mentioned in another episode, I have five candies I have to get for free, and I have all but one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and our office manager saw me, like, dive for an almond joy the other day. (laughs) They're very rare, so (laughs) I got to find a Butterfinger. All right. Cross your fingers for me, listeners. I
0: think good Butterfinger thoughts. It's a curse. (laughs) It has
1: to be free. I can't buy it. It's just the rule. I don't know what will happen. I think the universe, it'll be like the end of Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. I don't get the Oh, man. It's in everybody's best interest that this happens. That this
0: happens, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I'll...
1: Keep an eye out. I will. But I think if you buy it, it won't count either. It it has to just appear somehow.
0: Okay. You have to, like, forage it in the wild. (laughs) Exactly. Okay.
1: Exactly. It's (laughs) just growing next to some chanterelles. (laughs) Well... That's my next couple of days just searching for a better finger if you see me wandering around.
0: Well, good luck. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And meanwhile, that concludes our candy corn episode mm-hmm. and brings us to listener, listener. Mail.
1: Our first letter is from Kevin. Kevin wrote, When I was in college, I worked at a fast food restaurant. Having been raised by frugal parents, we were brought up not to waste food or anything, really. So working at Hardee's, making sandwiches for the potential customer and throwing them out if they weren't purchased within 15 to 20 minutes was quite a pickle to be in. I remember asking the manager about all this waste and being told that company policy and, furthermore, the health department didn't allow it to be given to the hungry. Ah, I recall a particular breakfast shift working with a coworker who put the biscuit-making into high gear and suited the oven stuffed with pans of soon-to-be biscuits. However, when the breakfast menu was closed at 1030, we still had biscuits baking. Being the clever college student, I seized upon this opportunity. I did mostly as company <laughs> policy required, but first I needed a fresh trash bag from the stockroom. I counted the trays of biscuits as I dumped them very unceremoniously into the bag. I reported the count to the manager, who surely rolled her eyes at the excessive loss, and then proceeded to take out the trash, which was one of my normal duties. However, I did not head to the dumpster. I walked straight to my car, (laughs) that bulging bag of biscuits, and put it in my trunk. Some were a bit smashed and misshaped from rough treatment, but they were so much better than Pillsbury biscuits from a can. Mom put the bulk of them in reused Schwan's ice cream buckets and stored them in the deep freeze. Sadly, the ice cream was not consumed by us, as the Schwan's brand was a bit pricey for our family. I've never heard of Schwan's brand. However, we did have delicious biscuits for months, which were even better eaten in our kitchen with Mom's homemade, probably strawberry preserves.
0: Oh, Yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> Save those biscuits. Save them! It's, not, it's so funny to me. I just always assumed... That food at fast food restaurants just sat there forever. So this is
0: enlightening. Yeah, it's really only a couple hours. Hmm.
1: Well, I, I'm happy that these biscuits found a home right. in your stomach.
0: Absolutely. Oh man. <laughs> especially yeah, especially something that freezes that well and like, you know, doesn't involve meat or veg that would go off.
1: Yeah. Sure. That would torment me too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Laura wrote, one of my friends posted a pic of something she found at the Walmart made me think of one of our previous episodes and of some funny childhood memories of weird foods. And she attached a photograph, and the photograph is of a squeeze bottle of green stuff, and it's labeled Great Value Nickelodeon Slime Sauce. Yeah, it's that vibrant
1: neon green color of slime.
0: Yeah, and furthermore, the label says that you can add some fun to your plate. Um, All caps on the fun. All caps on the fun. And it specifies that it is made with great value ketchup. And yeah, so... You know, you know, yeah,
1: that exists.
0: Uh, yeah, Nickelodeon, good job. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I think that that would have been branded as ectoplasm, like yeah. Ghostbusters slime or ectoplasm or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I appreciate that other brands are carrying on the proud tradition of unnecessarily coloring things green and marketing them as goop to children. I think that's beautiful.
1: I think I saw Burger King as that Halloween burger right now. And the bun is
0: purple
1: and the ketchup's green. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm in the market for Halloween recipes right now. So maybe I bet I'll never find this anywhere, but it's an idea. It's an idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Although I suppose ketchup is.
0: Blood it's already colored. kind of blood
1: colored. Yeah. <laughs> it's already Halloween themed. <laughs> but it's not as novel. Anyway, thanks to both of them for writing in. If you would like to write to us, if you want to tell us your opinions on candy corn, (laughs) we would love to hear them. Our email is hello at saverpod.com.
0: We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. We do hope to hear from you. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, who says that candy corn is his fourth most hated food. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
2: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
4: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year
6: a perfect home sweet home.
5: Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach, How about a garden tour? Now fall apart. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.